This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hello, it is midday again. Can you believe it is Tuesday and it is 12 o'clock and it's time for Show Me? It's no longer just about the talk. It's about the walk. If you have just joined us, my name is Vio Kazumatu. I will be with you up until one o'clock and we come every Tuesday. We focus on building the spirit of oneness and unity in our nation. We say umtu ngumtu ngabantu because it is believed that you are a person. A person is a person. Because of other people. <laughs> a person is a person because of other people. Otherwise, who would we be without our brothers and sisters around us? As we come today, we are just looking forward to just delving in into this authority. The authority of the believer. The authority is the one thing that the enemy is intimidated by when believers, when the people of God, when the ecclesia, when the remnant understands who they are and what defines them. So today, as we go into this matter of strengthening ourselves in understanding who we are in Christ, in Matthew 28, Matthew 28, from verse 18 to 19, it says, It is written that Jesus said to them, all authority, (laughs) did we say all, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And since that last proclamation of Jesus Christ, handing the power, handing authority, commissioning and sending us as his people saying, all authority has been given to him. That which has been given to him has been given to us to be able to go and make disciples of nation. And that proclamation and that commissioning, it's been the very same authority that the enemy contends. That's why you would go through whatever it is that you are going through. All the, what the enemy would want to see is you relegating your authority, is you not understanding who you are in Christ, and is you bowing to whatever circumstances and the onslaught that comes your way. And that onslaught, at times we think it's happening out there and it can, you can experience when you go out there. But the greatest awakening is when you see that contention of authority coming through the voices and the bodies that you know, (laughs) those that are closest to you, when it comes, that onslaught with those that you love, through your family, through your spouses, through your children, through your territory, that thing that wants to come and attack your authority in your own dominion and in your own jurisdiction. So today, as we look into this authority, we have to understand and position ourselves inside of ourselves. You know, when it says uh, this, uh, uh, our grandmothers and fathers, they would say, when you are standing, you don't necessarily need to be even physically standing, but you can be sitting down, but you can stand 
inside of you, your soul standing up inside of you. So in this time of authority that has been given to us, it is important to be alert so that we are not taken um you are not taken by surprise at how the enemy works. We have seen him. We have observed him. We have seen the evidence of how we work. We have a track record of what we have witnessed. But still, somewhere, somehow, we still get shocked. We still get taken aback. <laughs> we still get taken aback. We still get uh, caught of God, you know, as we continue to witness the work of Satan attacking you, attacking your authority, attacking your leadership, attacking your identity, using those closest to you to strip you, to pull you down, to to cause you to waver in who you are and your identity, to say, are you sure? Are you sure? So that you can begin to question who you are in Jesus Christ. So we are being alerted in this time and being brought forth, you know, and being awakened and being reminded and being conscientized to the fact that the enemy wears different skin. And the one that he uses the most when he wants to take you out, he will enter a person closest to you. The one that you trusted the most, the one that you completely relax around, the one where you let your God be at peace knowing that you are secure or you are in perceived security because you are in the presence of the person that you thought you trusted. So, as we come today looking into this authority, it is us as a people of God to be aware, to be fully awakened to the fact that the enemy is not only running up and down out there, but he specializes into using those closest to us to attack your identity, to pull you down, to challenge your light to compete with your light, to challenge your light, to question your light, to dim your light, and to contend with your light, to contend with your, with your, um, with your calling, to contend with your gifting, to challenge your identity in Christ, to win the power struggles. There is a wrestle for power. There is a wrestle for rulership. There is a wrestle for dominion in territories. There is a power struggle. There is a power struggle of who is in charge. This power struggle began from the garden of Eden. You see it, uh, people with, with pets, uh, for example, they would share how your pet, your dog, you know, at times when you tell it what to do and it will rebel with you, it will uh, do what it wants you to do right there under your nose in your own territory, challenging your word. You speak, the, he, he speak you speak, disregards what you speak because uh, he's establishing who has control over this territory. So as we come in the name of Jesus Christ, 
uh, this morning on the question of who is in charge, who has authority in your dominion. Understand whether it's a dominion in your home, who rules your home, who controls the atmosphere of your home, who directs your home, who leads your home, who is the head of the territory. And that question we see it with husband and wife in homes um, as God builds homes of power. These are matters of authority of the believer that God continues to unpack for us, continues to help us to understand, continue to unravel as we begin to see layers and layers of it in our own jurisdictions, in our own territories, in our own homes, in our own ministries, in our own companies, that question of who is in charge. So as we come, this was Lucifer's uh, Lucifer's uh, a rebellion even from the beginning of time that question that was born in the heart of Lucifer who tried to 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 challenge God's authority as we see in the garden of Adam of, of Eden with Adam and Eve where Satan spewed his poisonous deception and our four parents who tried by all means in their ways of doing things to reject, to contend, and to disregard the word, the instructions, the directions, the precepts, and the values and morals of God. So men and women wrestle over the control, over the relationships, parents and children also struggle with who will rule the house, who has the last word in this home. Your siblings quarrel, they quarrel over toys, over clothing, over TV, over all the issues of managing a home. Businesses connive to corner various consumers and investment markets. Sports teams vie for first place. You know, leaders of nations, they war over control and dominion of the land, dominion of the people and the possessions and wealth. So this question of authority, this question of power struggle, this question of the who is in control continues to hover over territories depending on the posture and the attitudes of heart. That's what tells the answer of who is ruling the jurisdiction. But God says, I have given you authority. I have given you all authority in heaven and on earth to go and make disciples. But where do you draw the line in that authority? How far do you go in that authority? What is your place in that authority? And how far can you go in that authority? What are the boundaries in that authority? So as we come, as we ask the Lord really to truly empower relationships, men and women, that by his spirit that we are able to align with his will, to be obedient to his direction, to understand 
and be alert that there is a thief, according to John 10.10, the thief who comes only to steal peace, the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it in abundance. Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy your peace in your home. But I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. And in Luke 9 verse 1, it says, And he called the twelve together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He says, I have called the twelve together and gave the power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So it says that it is to, it's the authority over demons, over diseases, not authority to dominate each other, not authority to control each other. It's not authority to attack each other. It is the authority over demons and over territories to cure diseases to uproot what must be uprooted, to destroy what must be destroyed, to overthrow what must be overthrown, but the authority to build what needs to be built and to plant that which is pure, that which is sacred, to plant that which will produce fruit, that which will create an atmosphere of peace. So as we look into this authority, we see that, one, it is the authority that we have been given to go and do, establish what the will of God is, what is the intent of God is for that situation. That's one. And secondly, it is authority to be exercised in humility. It's authority to be exercised, not to control the minds and the hearts of others, but authority over demons, over diseases. But when it comes to moving and building our homes, it is the authority we use in love, not in war, authority that we use in love to build, in love, not in war, in love to build. In this time, we we are surrounded by woundedness in our territories between men and women, between parents and children, between siblings, between businesses and partners, between sports teams, political parties, leaders of nations, wherever we go, what is the pasture of your heart which are built in love? Whatever you build in love will not choke. Whatever you build in love will not send a bullets. Whatever is built in love will not send destruction. Whatever 
is built in love will bring peace and direction on ways of doing things around all these territories that have been mentioned, be it in your home, in your ministry, in your corporate, we are brought back to that place to build in love. Ah, we will see you after this. On that note, let's take a break. Wow, we hope that you did enjoy that song. Wonderful, wonderful music right there to soothe our spirits and to reconnect us with this gift called worship, praise unto the Lord. We now look into James 4, verse 7. James 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In Hebrews 13, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. In the book of uh, Judges, we also look into the story. Uh, we see Deborah and we see Barak and we see this uh, working relationship but let us look at authority in this situation. So this is Deborah and Barak. So this is the commissioning uh, that they receive. I'll start from verse 4. It says, Now Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet, and she was serving as a judge for the Israelites at that time. She used to sit under a certain palm tree between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the people of Israel would go there for her decisions. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from the city of Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, has given you this command. Take 10,000 men from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them to Mount Tabor. I will bring Caesarea, the commander of Jabin's army, to fight against you at the river Kishon. He will have his chariots and soldiers, but I will give you victory over him. Then Barak replied, I will go if you go with me, but if you don't go with me, I won't go either. She answered, All right, I will go with you, but you won't get any credit for the victory. Because the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So Deborah set off for Kadesh with Barak. Barak called the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and 10,000 men followed him. 
Deborah went with him. In the meantime, Heber the Kenite had set up his tent close to Kadesh near the oak tree at Zananim. He had moved away from the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, the brother of law of Moses. So when Sisera learned that Barak had gone up to Mount Tabor, he called out his 900 iron chariots and all his men and sent them from Harosheth of the Gentiles to the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go! The Lord is with you. <laughs> Go, the Lord is with you. Today he has given you victory over Sisera. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with his 10,000 men. When Barak attacked with his army, the Lord threw Sisera into confusion together with all his chariots and men. Sisera got down from his chariots and he fled on foot. <laughs> the Lord threw Sisera into confusion together with all his chariots and men. Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Harosheth of the Gentiles, and Sisera's whole army was killed. Not a man was left. So Sisera ran away to the tent of Jael, his, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because King Jabin of Haza was at peace with Heber's family. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come in, sir, come into my tent. Don't be afraid. So he went in and she hid him behind the curtain. He said to her, Please give me a drink of water. I am thirsty. She opened a leather bag of milk, gave him a drink, and hid him again. Then he told her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if anyone comes and asks if there is someone here, say no. Cesera was so tired that he fell sound asleep. Then Jael took a hammer and a tent peg. It went to him quietly and killed him. By driving the peg right through the side of his head and into the ground. When Barak came looking for Cesera, I want to say that again. Then Jael took a hammer and a tent peg went up to him quietly and killed him, excuse me, and killed him by driving the peg right through the side of his head and into the ground. When Barak came looking for Sisera, Shael went out to meet him and said to him, Come here. I'll show you the man 
that you are looking for. So he went in with her, and there was Cesera on the ground, dead with the tent peg through his head. That day, God gave the Israelites victory over Jabin, the Canaanite king. They pressed harder and harder against him until they destroyed him. Yo, wow, that's power, that's authority, that's strategy, that's leadership, that's empowerment, that's identity, that's when there has been a principality, when there has been a spirit, when there has been a contention in the atmosphere, this spirit that strangled your mother, that strangled your father, that strangled your wife, that strangled your, your children, that strangled your, 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 your siblings. What Cesera are you observing has taken territory and authority in your atmosphere. Which Caesarea, which principality, which ruler, which power has controlled, has caused destruction and havoc in your jurisdiction? What has contended with the power and authority that has been given to you as a family? What power and authority what Caesarea has tormented, what Caesarea has harassed, what Caesarea has continued to tear apart, what Caesarea have you noticed? Questioning your authority, undermining your authority, which Caesarea has caused fear and terror in your home, in your company, in your business, in your ministry, which Cicera is needing a Jael who understands her authority in Christ Jesus, a Jael who is God-fearing but is arising to confront the principality in wisdom, confronting the principality, According not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Child, God-fearing woman who slayed the giant that continued to terrorize the land. That continues to terrorize the people of Israel. So today we are asking to take your position. Look at Jael. God-fearing, I God, God-fearing, who has identified the spirit that is in error, that has continued to torment, that has continued to steal peace. In what form has it continued to come? Because it creates a pattern. At times, you've seen this pattern happen to those before you. You've seen it 
in your family line, whether from your mother's side or your father's side, you've seen it happening in your own life. You've seen it happen and you now see it creeping in to your children as well. So as we come this day, we are asking the Lord that which wanted to destroy your authority, undermine your authority, that which continues to be intimidated by your light, that which has continued to contend with what God has put inside of you, that spirit, God's calling you up today, according to Judges 4, is saying like a child, he's sending you to arise in your authority, not to be intimidated by Caesarea. Caesarea may have caused destruction, but Caesarea has no last word in your environment. Caesarea has no last word in your territory. Caesarea has no control up to the end. The voice that speaks the loudest voice that will speak the last voice in your family is not the voice of intimidation, not the voice of, um, of disregard of your authority, not the voice of contention, of argument, not the voice of the stealer of peace. It is not that voice. So we look into Jael again to say, Jael represents the spirit of identity in God to take authority of the jurisdiction that you have been given to be positioned in what you know is the will of God for your responsibility. What is it? Has there been something that has undermined you right under your nose, undermined you in your own home, undermined you in that which God had given you to take care of? Is there a spirit that has come to undermine you? Then Jael took a hammer and the tent pack went up to him quietly and killed him by driving the pack right through the side of his head and into the ground. When Barak came looking for Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, <laughs> I'll show you the man you are looking for. So he went in with her and there was Caesarea on the ground dead with the tent peg through his head and that day God gave the Israelites victory over Japan the Canaanite king their oppressive king the controlling king the prideful king, the dominating king, the king who ruled with the hunger for power, hunger for control, hunger for rebelling against the things of God, hunger for oppressing the people of God. 
so that he may feel in control and powerful. But God chooses the humble, chooses the weak, chooses to enter the spirit of Jael and arise on the inside to say, enough, Caesarea, enough, Caesarea, but took the weapons of the spirit, for we are not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers, against powers of this dark age in the name of Jesus Christ. So today it is our prayer that the Lord will give you a strategy that comes from him. Because what Jael did is what no man could do. A man who was feared by the armies, by the soldiers, a man who had tormented Israel, a man who intimidated everyone, a man who carried a false delight over people, came and he was defeated by the least. So we pray that as you Take your authority and jurisdiction. You will do whatever you do, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God. We will take a break and we will see you after this. Yes, we are back. We are back. Thank you so much for joining us again. You are listening to Radio Cape Pulpit, your daily companion, Umshobo, your daily companion here with you. And as we wrap up and roll down on this side uh, of the program towards the end, we are talking about the authority of the believer, the authority that we have been given through Jesus Christ, through the Word of God, through the leadership of his spirit. It is the very same authority that the enemy hates. The enemy hates a child of God who understands his authority. He continues to challenge it, continues to intimidate it, because he is secure when the people of God shrink back. He is secure when the people of God dim the light. He is secure when the people of God take their salt and the light and put it, and take their light and put it under the table, because then he is able to extend his darkness in that environment. So the contention and the challenge is on anybody who is advancing, anybody who is accelerating, the enemy comes to clench you on your back to say, hold on, not that fast, not that fast. But God, but God, but God. As we come into this side uh, of the program, we look. You are reminded that our core scripture uh, today is rested in Luke 9, uh, verse 1. It says, he called the twelve together. He called the twelve together. And he gave them the power and the authority over all demons to cure all the diseases, to go and make disciples as well as our last commissioning. So where are you? Where do you find yourself in the government 
of God in you, <laughs> in the rulership of the Holy Spirit in you. Where do you find yourself today in the government of God, that authority to rule your jurisdiction, that authority to enforce the will of God in your territory. It says that this question of, 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 of rulership over jurisdiction, of authority over jurisdiction, is a governmental issue. It says, how, what is government? It says, to direct, to regulate by authority, to influence, to restrain, to guide, to maintain a superior, superiority, to exercise authority is to govern. That's why that authority we exercise in prayer. We exercise in releasing decrees, not according to our own will, but according to the will of God. That authority is a governmental intercession. As we proclaim, as we confess, as we legislate according to the spiritual laws, principles, activities in alignment with the word of God. There are certain things in all territories that can never happen until a child of God arise and speak, until the child of God arise and confront the situation, until a child of God arise in all authority to establish the heart of God in the atmosphere, to establish the government of God, of the rulership of the Holy Spirit in your environment. The Bible says we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So even as we pray with authority, we govern through intercession. So it is a time that calls us higher, even in the place of prayer that when we deal with such matters, you don't react, you don't just uh, respond, but you run to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You run to prayer. You run to receiving the governmental direction from the Holy Spirit. Because when we respond to the enemy attack on your authority, respond with a reaction, respond in anger, respond in offense. When we respond to the enemy's attack, that comes through people. Unfortunately, he comes, Satan dwells finds a gate and comes in through the spirit of man, people who are around you. So as that happens, it is important 
to be alert, to be deliberate, to ensure that we don't respond, we don't react, but we go to the closet to ask the Father, Father, what is your heart for this? Father, what am I supposed to do? You say, Father, what is your response to the situation? To say, Father, order my step because I do not want to respond in flesh. I do not want to respond in attack. I do not want to respond for the applauses of men. I do not want to respond according to my own flesh, to my own mind, and or even according to my hurt. I want to respond according to your leadership. I respond according to your direction. I respond according to that which you want me to plant in my authority, the authority that you have given me. What is your response? So at times, we come back to God after we have done the damages. <laughs> when uh, when the Satan comes to spew on you, to spew your accusation, to vomit whatever he is uh, contaminating your life with, dimming your light with, um, uh, overshadowing your life with. So, you can then react, but we are alerted to zip until God himself speaks to direct us. Mark 16 verse 17 to 18 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. That is the authority that has been given to say these signs will accompany you as a believer with authority. He says, in my name, you will cast out demons. In my name, you will speak in new tongues. In my name, you will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt you. You will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover Romans 13 verse 1 to 2 says let every person be subject to the governing authority for there is no authority except from God 
and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority of what God has appointed, resist. And those who resist will incur judgment, says the Lord. Resisting the authority of God, not of man, not of flesh, not of a wound, not of a hurt, not of competition. Resisting the authority of God. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is our place of rest, saints. That is our place of positioning. That is our place of identity. That's where we get to see who we are, who we are in Christ and whose we are as we come under his leadership and dominion. For above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are his witnesses. We are the representative of his authority. We are the vessels of his power and dominion. We are the rulers, the governors, according to the will of God in the places and jurisdictions, for he has given us the commissioning to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you. We thank you for this day that you have made. We rejoice. We are glad in it, my Father. We come before you, Lord God, on account of your word, Lord, the account of the authority of the believer. The authority of the believer. 
the authority, the positioning, the identity that is unshakable, identity that is unmovable, identity that is unstoppable in the name of Jesus. We are resting in knowing who we are in Christ and whose we are, what is our calling in this time of confrontation with the demonic forces and territories and principalities that contend with the leadership, that contend with the light, that contend with the dominion that cannot take the light of God, that compete with the light of God, that contend and argue with the light of God, that seeks to dim the light of God. But life has come. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ has come that we may have life and have it in abundance. And so in this time of dominion, restoration of identity, restoration of identity, the redemption of the identity of God in us, the empowerment, the graduation, hey, the graduation, the rulership, the positioning, the new dimensions that we have been brought into. We have no other thing to do but to praise the Lord. So we praise the Lord for the journey. We praise the Lord for direction. We praise the Lord for empowerment. We praise the Lord for the transitions in people's lives. We thank the Lord for empowerment along the journey until the point of end is reached for a season that is closed. The old is gone and the new has come in you. You have been graduated. You have officially been transitioned into a new level. We welcome the power, authority, to rule in this new dimension. You are not alone. You are ruling with Christ Jesus in all authority that has been given to you. Congratulations. You have overcome. You have wrestled with God and wrestled with men and overcame. Amen. Wow, what a beautiful time that we had in the presence of the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week in victory. Victory resounds in the tents of the righteous, overcame, wrestled with God and wrestled with men and overcame. See you next week and goodbye. <laughs> See you next week and goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.